Thank you once again for listening to the Business of Fun podcast. Today's episode is one I had a lot of fun with. Uh, it's Laura Fragoso, who is the Senior VP of Marketing at the Round Rock Express, which is a minor league uh, baseball franchise located near Austin, Texas. This conversation I really enjoyed because we got to take a really uh, incredible deep dive into digital marketing. I don't think we set off to go so deep on this, but we actually covered a tremendous amount of ground. We talked about the importance of an email list. We talked about the right and wrong ways to measure success of your campaigns, the need to be consistent in your uh, em- your marketing and your email outreach. We talked about theme nights. We talked about Facebook events. We talked about um, the voice of your brand on social media. We talked about um, you know using social media as a tool for brand creation. We talked about uh, how you can introduce yourself to an entirely new audience. We talked about connecting with fans. We talked about um, really, really a tremendous amount of stuff. And I thought that it was going to be something that would really benefit everybody because I know that I have four pages of notes that I'm sitting here um, looking at from our conversation. And I think you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation with Laura Fagoso. As a side note, I should also mention that I was really, really excited to talk to her because we both went to the University of Alabama at about the same time. But that became secondary because the conversation was so great. So let me get out of the way and thank you for listening to the Business of Fun. Here's me and Laura Fergoso. Hey, Laura, welcome to the Business of Fun podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is exciting. Um, You know, there's obviously... I respect all the work you do as a marketer, but like I got to be honest with my audience here. The number one reason I had you on is because we went to Alabama at the same time. So I always want to have everybody I know from the University of Alabama on the podcast because why shouldn't I? Exactly. <laughs> so so well roll done. tide, roll tide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so instead of making this an Alabama love fest, though, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the, like the marketing and the branding stuff that you guys do because um, I really love the work that people in minor league sports do because it really requires a lot more of a customer orientation than maybe happens in some other parts of the sports business. I mean, because you don't necessarily get to rely on Mike Trout coming to town or uh, Bryce Harper coming to town. So uh, right. I know. And so I guess I want to start out by asking you, you know, what are some of the challenges and some of the opportunities that you face in a minor league market? And, you know, um, developing a, a customer, you know, a fan base and a customer base? Well, um, I love minor league baseball. Um, I, uh, always thought that's what I, when I was at Alabama, I thought minor league baseball is the direction I wanted to go. Um, I actually interned with the New Orleans Zephyrs, um, each college summer break, um, when I was there. And then once I graduated, I, I, uh, Round Rock Express had started and, um, I got my foot in the door here, um, uh, because our former general manager uh, in New Orleans had started this team with the Ryan family. So um, I was fortunate to get in here at, at a good time in 2001 and uh, uh, and then got hired on that fall full time. But for me, the love of minor league baseball is exactly what you just said. It's about the customer. It's about the fan and the fan experience. Um I mean, I love sports and sports marketing, period. But obviously, at major league levels, um, it, it's about 
it's about that to an extent, but also the players, you know, are a huge thing. We can't really market our players here because I can't remember how many roster moves we've already had this year, but I want to say it's like 175 or something like that, 155. Um, so, you know, they're not our players to begin with. I mean, they're, you know, the belong to the major league affiliate, but then it's, um, you definitely want to have a good relationship with the, with the team and the fan, but it's, we have to make it about the fan. And that's what I love because what we uh, get to do is make someone's day better um, for three, four hours, however long they're here and uh, make them laugh, you know, have a good time, spend quality time as a family or with friends or loved ones um, and kind of forget about what's maybe going on in, in the real world for a minute and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy quality time um, at the ballpark. So that's what I always try to go back to if there's ever, uh, you know, stressful days or anything like that. I try to find those little moments too of uh, being in the ballpark during a game and, and something small that you can do, you know, a foul ball drops by and, you know, give it to a little kid. It's their first game, stuff like that. So um, we, part of our core values um, at the express from, you know, top to bottom is we always try to, to live that out. So um, of making it about the fan, you know, treating uh, it like a magical experience for each person that walks through the gate because it could be their first time here. Yeah, that, that's awesome. The, the way, you, uh, especially the last part about the magical experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I might be completely wrong here, but part of the little moments in the magical experience part, um, you have a, a much greater appreciation for it and um, perspective on it, I think, because you've been with the, the Express since almost the beginning, right? So, I mean, it's sort of like you've kind of grown up with the organization and in the community. So, like, I, at least to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it seems that, you know, kind of growing in the market and learning about the market and growing with this fan base, it helps you learn a lot. And it, so that, like, you understand sort of the path, you know, that, like, the magical experiences aren't, you know, stuck in place. They become something that kind of evolves over time. Or am I exactly. Wrong? No, no, um, you're spot on. Um, I, I, I did grow up with this team and this community, and I mean, I can't get over in the 18 years that I've been here how the population has just exploded. Um, and talking about challenges earlier, uh, truthfully, that's probably our biggest challenge. Is um, you know they say people move to the Austin area uh, at 100, 150 people a day, um, and it's capturing those folks that are that are moving here, those families, those young adults, whatever it is, and um, letting them know about us and that we're a, uh, you know, a value for them, and um, and and they're having a great time. Once we get them here, um, I know we we'll, you know we'll have them back, but it's getting them here the first time that can be challenging. We're still a small business. We're still minor league baseball, so we don't have giant budgets. Um, so. And then, of course, the, uh, the media is becoming more and more fragmented of how you can reach folks. Um, so challenge-wise, we, we have moved away from uh, a lot of outdoor. We try to do a little bit of outdoor at the beginning of the season. Um, outdoor is very expensive in the Austin area. We have a limited number of billboards. So, um, so I've moved a lot of stuff to digital a lot of my budget to digital, but I still believe in, you know, a traditional media mix as well. So, um, we're still doing, uh, TV, um, and radio, uh, 
and we have a, an exceptional community newspaper here in the area that everyone reads um, that we do some print with them. And, and that's actually um, what's really interesting to me is that your marketing mix has changed because one of the things that I, I, that I struggle with when I talk to people is that all too often the marketing mix is kind of set in stone from, you know, over time, you know, so when you go through the thought process to keep it fresh, you know, what are some of the metrics and some of the things you look for to help you, you know, better allocate your resources to make sure they have a, um, you know, more impact? Well, I mean, that's it. You know, that's the great thing about digital that you don't get with a lot of uh, other forms is you, you can track it. You know, you can see, how many people are seeing it? You can you can see how many people are buying from it in most cases. Um, so you know to have that backing it, it does make the decision a little easier sometimes when it's you know versus throwing something out there and not really you know sure who's seeing it. Um, so so yeah, that's to now you know marketers really didn't have that until this you know digital age has come upon us. So uh, that's great to be able to show your bosses like, Hey, this spin got us this, you know, if I do need a budget increase, let's put it here and let's see what else it can bring us. Um, so, you know, we found, I've definitely found some rhythms and, and, uh, different things, you know, with social media marketing and, uh, Facebook events, of course they're changing their, um, algorithms and whatnot on a daily basis. It seems like, so it's always something new to learn, but, uh, we're really big on being innovative and trying new things. Uh, if it makes sense for us. So um, as far as the data and the metrics you talked about, uh, we've actually partnered with, I think we're the first Meyer League team to partner with um, Fan Manager. Uh, and it is getting us, it's it's letting us view our data um, that we have from so many areas. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody talks about data, 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 and we have so much of it. But what do you do with it? And how do you make sense of it? And so... Um, that has been a great asset to us. Um, we just started with them this year, but we're just learning so much more about our fans. Um, whereas before we used kind of more broad terms, uh, you know, broad data sources of this is who your fans are. But with the, what we're giving them is our email list, our actual um, ticket buyers, our sponsors, things like that. And it's, you know, taking it and putting it into a platform where it's readable, um, where we can, remarket to those people and things like that. So and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, when you brought up the email list, which is I'm sure everybody who has listened to me or has read me or heard me talk or whatever knows how much I love the email list. And I feel like it doesn't get its fair shake anymore because there's so many other shiny tools. How do you use your email list and how effective is it? Um, so our ticket partner is tickets.com. They have uh, an email system uh database system, whatever you want to call it, uh, called Crowd Connect. Um, that's part of the, their platform. And so we, we switched to it last year, and it has been exceptional for us. Um, obviously, it's integrated with the ticketing system, so and it's getting more and more. They're do, it's, there's more and more things that you can do tricks with that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, it's great. I mean, we have, we're about 80,000 people on our email list. We're always trying to add to it, clean it up, you know, make sure it's, you know, um, usable addresses and all that stuff. Um, but because of, of that new partnership, we're able to get a lot more information um, through it and have, and just know more about our, our, um, our fans 
and what they want. So we've done surveys um, with it where we're asking their favorite foods. We're asking if they had to pick between certain hats, which is their favorite hat, you know, things like that, so that we know more about them. We know what people want. Um, we know when their kids' birthdays are. Um, you know, we don't try to bombard them all at once, but you can ask those questions over time too, um, and it adds to their to their uh, data that we have on them. So it's a really cool tool, um, and also you can you can track clicks and you can track ticket purchases on it. Um, so it's nice to see. Oh, you know, we just threw this email together for this week and then look at it a couple of days later and it, you know, sold $2,500 worth of tickets or something. So that's always uh, a good feeling. Yeah. And I th maybe you said it to just now, is but how often do you talk to them using the emails? Once a week? Is that right? We do once a week during the season. Um, sometimes if there's a special event or a special announcement, we might send one more, but we, we try not to keep it uh, for the most part. It's, it's once a week. In the off season, um, we, we, lighten up a little bit and do it every other week. Okay. And let me ask you, is it there um, consistency when you send the emails out? Like, you know, does everybody kind of have, I do one and it goes out Sunday morning and it drops sometime between uh, three and four in the morning. Right. And if, if it doesn't come between three and four in the morning, people are looking for me. Is the, the same sort of consistency there for you or. Um, we're working on that. Uh, so Thursdays, um, are our days to send out our emails. Um, but what we, we'd like them to go in the morning, but sometimes <laughs> you're waiting on a, on a press release or you're, uh, you know, waiting on something, a ticket link to be live, an auction to be live, stuff like that. So, um, and it's also so much harder in the, during the season when everybody's wearing 17 different hats and, uh, um, but yeah, we, that is a goal to go out in the morning, but we're not always there. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, is that like, even though I'm pretty good, I, it doesn't always get out, especially yeah. if, um, you know, there's like a, a big football game or there's like a, a neighborhood <laughs> sure. plot party or something, then it doesn't, then, doesn't, I, yeah. <laughs> then it might get out a little bit later. So right. I completely understand that. Right. Um, now, another question though, and obviously you see where my fascination with this stuff comes from, is you talked about keeping the list clean and current. And I know that that's one of the key things about making the, the email list useful and it's something that people struggle with because everybody, like you mentioned, talks about data. And what they never seem to mention, but you did, was talk about how to keep it clean and current. What's that process look for, like for you? Because, again, you know, this is interesting stuff that I think people can use. Yeah, so we can track people that haven't opened uh, emails and however long they haven't opened them. And so uh, what, what we do... Um, we've only done it once so far since moving to crowd connect, but we will do it again as, Hey, we noticed you haven't opened the email or, you know, clicked on any or whatever it is. Um, we're going to, you know, remove you from this list unless we hear from you. Click here if you'd like to stay on basically. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it's great to have a big email list, but if, you know, if it's not working for you, it's, I mean, it affects your open rates and stuff too. So you'd rather have a, you know, um, uh, 70% open rate versus, you know, a bunch of dead emails that are dragging that down. That, that's exactly right. It's like my, the size of your list is pointless unless, if, you know, if nobody's opening it, right? Because right. I mean, I don't, my list is not huge, but I do get about 35% open rate. So, you know, and, but I know other people have huge ones. They don't get 10%. And I was like, well, exactly. well, whose list is more valuable? 
Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can share, you can share, but it, if you can, it'd be interesting. Like, what kind of open rate do you, you are you do you usually average, or is that like? Yeah, it's definitely different during season and the off season, and um, I'd have to I'd have to look and see what we are currently. Um, but I feel like earlier in the year when we were looking at it, it was around twenty. Oh, that's that seems to be so, yeah. pretty good, pretty decent for like I mean that's a, you have a pretty expansive list, and especially if yeah. you you, ha- you don't know how current it is, and or like people move in and out of the Austin area pretty quickly. Sure. No, that's I mean that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I, and I just like to give that as context for people. So, you know, because, you know, it's, a lot of times everybody's like, well, I got a huge open rate, and, you know, it could be complete, completely bogus. Yeah. And that was definitely, um, you know, that was preseason. So I imagine it's, it's better right now. I haven't, I actually haven't looked at it personally, um, yeah. here in the last month or so. Yeah. And so one of the cool things, right. The, another cool thing that we've talked about, um, or we kind of danced, not danced around, but like one of the cool things about minor league baseball is the brands. Right. And you have a, you have a great brand, right. I mean, it's like a little locomotive sitting in the logo. I mean, it's awesome. Um, you know, how much of that, you know, does that help drive, um, recognition and engagement and a fan base that's outside of the area? You know, how, like, how, how, how much lift and how much benefit does your brand create for you? So it's funny. Um, we have, uh, I'm looking at my window right now, but we have a, uh, a train that goes by, uh, right by the ballpark in Round Rock. And so people, a lot of people that are recent, uh, uh, people that have moved here recently, uh, think that we're the Round Rock Express because of that train. And, and during games, it'll, you know, they'll, they'll honk the horn and everything. And, um, it's a it's a neat atmosphere. It's a neat a neat experience. But um, the reason we are the Round Rock Express is our um, majority owner is Nolan Ryan, the Ryan family, mm-hmm. and Ryan was the Ryan Express. So we take that very seriously in everything that we do with our brand. That we're always representing the Ryan family and Nolan, and it's kind of a great barometer of like, are we going to do this promotion? What would not? No, I don't think we're going to do this promotion. You know, things like that. So we'll we'll. Um, we always want to represent uh, uh, their family um, respectfully, and and we consider ourselves the 31st major league team. You know, is what we try to do, and um, we'll have fun and do some of that fun minor league stuff that minor league baseball is known for. Um, but we never cross that completely zany line, and we we probably never will. Um, we've rebranded our logo um, about. Gosh, I guess it's been about maybe nine years, ten years, um, maybe not quite that. But so we, we rebranded um, once too, and and you know had it had it updated, and and we'll likely do that again um, here in the future. But it's always keeping that original. You know, we do want to keep the express part of it. Uh, you know, the echo echoing the train, and um, of course, uh, you know our our namesake, uh, Nolan Lyme. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that's a really cool thing, too, because to me, at least, right, Nolan Ryan and the Ryan Express is like one of those iconic sort of parts of baseball, right? I mean, sure. it, it would seem that if you're telling a story, the Ryan Express of baseball, the Ryan Express has to be in there. And you, Well, he's also such an iconic Texan, and... Uh, sorry, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a you know, iconic Texan, and, and just keeping it... Um, uh, you know, we have right now, we have the Texas flag um, in our logo as well. Um, 
So, you know, being a Texas team, being a Central Texas's team is, is important to us. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the family value uh, that we offer, for sure. So uh, definitely, the, you know, especially when people have been here, um, whether it be other other executives from other teams, um, players from other teams and coaches, you know, we want them to always have just an outstanding first-class experience. Um, and of course the fans. So, um, yeah, that's what we, that's what we try to live up to. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's like really awesome. I mean, that you can tie the whole thing in together. I mean, it's, it's, I mean that's what makes minor league baseball great. Right. Now, one of the things you touched on when you were talking about the express, and then I missed it when we were talking about it earlier was that the idea of getting new fans because in the Austin area, you have such a uh, positive migration. Uh, what kind of steps do you go through to, to introduce people to the brand and to the team? Sure. Um, you know, probably the biggest outreach there is, is going to be digital. And um, one thing that's been really successful for us with that is, is theme nights. Um, getting fans out here uh, for the first time that maybe wouldn't normally come. So uh, a great example of that would be one that we started last year. We have it coming up at the end of the month, but Harry Potter night. And uh, doing very targeted ads to people who like Harry Potter. And it was our biggest Monday night we've ever had last year. And I would say probably 80% of those people had never been to the, an express game before. Um, so reaching out to them on, on social, you know, with some paid ads and uh, having the event about Harry Potter night, uh, promoting it that way. That's what we're really finding is um, getting new folks out here, finding what they're, you know, finding little niches of, of interest that people have. Um, you know, we're talking about doing like an American Ninja Warrior night. You know, there's thousands of people that are into that kind of stuff. So finding those little, those little interests that people have, getting them out here for an event, surrounded by that. And then they realize, well, this is a great place to be. Um, another example would be princess night. That was our second big, biggest Monday night. And you wouldn't believe, I mean, we have 500 princesses and their parents here, uh, to meet and greet princesses, but then they stay for a game and, you know, have a hot dog and some cotton candy and have a good time. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, again, this is why like minor league baseball is so awesome because exactly. you can do these things. And, and when you talk about social, right, where do you see the most traction as far as, like, um, getting the most return of, on your investment of, of the spend, you know? Um, well, a couple of things, you know, social, specifically social, um, I would say Facebook events um, and promoting Facebook events have been really um, good for us and interacting within those events versus just a branded, you know, a, a so, excuse me, a um, promoted post on our page. So it's, it's again, having, having something that people can go to and, you know, having some sort of special interest in, in whatever game it is. Um, that has been definitely the biggest return that we've seen and the most interaction that we've seen on social paid. Um, and then digitally, uh, not just social, um, minor league baseball is so great about working out deals with large companies. Um, to make a, for instance, uh, Quancast is, is a, a digital media company where you can, you know, purchase ads and cross their network of sites and things like that and, and get some great stats also on, on who's looking at those ads and your website. And uh, Marley Baseball brokered a deal with them so that 
for my, to be a little more budget friendly for minor league budgets. Um, so we took advantage of that and we're seeing a great return there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you say like on the Facebook events and, and you're interacting, um, I think I know what it means, but can you explain that to the audience so that they kind of, so that they understand specifically what you mean when you talk about interacting? Sure. So it's not just creating the event and letting it sit there. Um, and it's not just, uh, you know, uh, posting once. I mean, we, we, 90s nights coming up this weekend, for instance. So, you know, posting every couple of days, some funny gifts and things like that, or different things that we're going to be have, you know, have going on, uh, for 90s night and, uh, constantly, uh, answering questions. Cause there's, people are always asking questions within the events. And, um, so yeah, just interacting with the fan and, and, and making more reason for people to share it. And I know that there is um, going to be a lot, there will be a lot of people who would ask this question if they were, you know, how much time do you spend on this interaction? You know, how, like how demanding is it? Because most of the time the pushback is we'd love to do this, but we're already pulled in 18 different directions. Like you said before. Absolutely. Um, So we had a social media team um, for the past few years and everybody had other main jobs and they would do that kind of on the side. Um, and, you know, that's challenging for sure because you want to keep that same voice. So uh, it's it's hard to do that when there's different people involved. Um, and we had a couple people, uh, you know, uh, move to other teams and things like that. Um, so we just recently hired a, uh, a digital content uh, coordinator that's kind of in charge of all of those voices now. And, and, and that's their main job. So that's a big step for us to dedicate someone to social. Uh, they also oversee our website and E-Train or E-Train newsletter. Um, and uh, so she's only been here a little over a month. So I expect it, you know, the, the dedication and some plans and, you know, things this off season to really, to really change a little bit, and, and uh, I'm excited about the future for it. But it's absolutely a full-time job, and I'm glad that, that we moved in that direction. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the thing I've come away from like uh, so, so far talking to you, though, is how thorough the engagement is with your fan base and with your customer base, which, you know, again, anybody who knows me, I'm like, well, you, gotta, you can't just touch people once, and you can't right. just touch them once when you need money from them. Uh, right. because because that, that gets old very fast and, and then and you know people are going to turn you off and then and, oh go ahead yeah and they can't be just about the actual game you know i mean that's uh our media uh folks might argue with us but it you know it's very little about the actual game and the stats and stuff like that it's it's about the fun and you know um and having a good time and uh yeah, it's and, and being super responsive to questions. So we're we're really big on that and having a super um, super fast uh, response rate. Yeah, no, that's great. And 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 where I was going with the idea is, you know, it, it's something I just talked about at Natso last week. I guess it was, which was like building fans for life and having a long term relationships with your customers and your fans. You know, and and it sounds like you guys really do. You know, have a thoughtful process. And so once you've like got people in there, how do you, you know, and you've talked about making sure they come back, you know, what does that process look like so that you ensure that people always feel um, welcome back and that you make sure that like, you, you don't, you know, it's not just a thought, but it's an actual action process behind it of ensuring they come back. Is there anything you do specifically? 
Sure. I mean, customer service is everything for us and friendliness is everything. Uh, ballpark cleanliness. Um, we're try to be perfectionists, you know, with all that and high, high, hold ourselves to high standards. Um, our ballpark will be 20 years old next year and it looks better than uh, many ballparks I've been to that are five years old. Um, so we have an investment from the city. We have an investment from our ownership to always keep it up and, and um, add something new to it every year and to, to keep it in good shape. Um, and, uh, you know, our stadium operations director is outstanding. So, um, so yeah, we have a high standard there. And then uh, entertainment when they're here. You know, we, we want them to have a good time when they're here. But then our frontline people, the parking attendants, the ticket takers, the ticket sellers, um, you know, we really we do an expressing where, you know, have an orientation for those folks and really drive home the customer service aspect of the express and how, you know, we are, we're, you know, somebody could be going through something very difficult in their life and they're coming out here and for a few hours we can, they can have a smile and they can have a good time. So we really try to remember that even when it gets to the dog days of summer, uh, you know, in July here um, when we're all tired and, and hot in the hundred degree heat uh, to remember that. And um, one thing that a story I loved uh, that was at one of our baseball meetings somewhere but I've shared with my staff several times is um, you see a little kid drop their ice cream, you know, on the floor, you go and get them a new ice cream and you add sprinkles to it, you know? So you, you uh, take care of them, but then kind of uh, exceed their expectations. Yeah. No, that um, I couldn't say that stuff better myself. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it just seems to me so essential. And I think um, what I've learned over the years is that, Sometimes it's easy. It's best to be reminded of these things because it's, um, you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed, right? I mean, I think right. that's that's like one thing that all of us need to remember is if we're overwhelmed, then the people that are coming to see our games and our events, they're probably they're just as overwhelmed, if not more so, than we are. You know, right. and like so thinking about it, like, hey, it's as simple as like getting a child a ice a fresh ice cream cone with sprinkles on top can change the entire experience. Right. And what did you, what did you really, and, and you know, I always say customer service is the best form of marketing. It's like, what did that cost you? A dollar maybe. Right. And now you have a customer who's like really, really there for you. Well, and we try to, we share, you know, I get, um, a lot of feedback. We get a lot of feedback on social media and I get, you know, different emails, um, that everybody kind of channels through me. And then we share those things. We share, uh, I just did screenshots of the last week of our Google reviews and they're all four and five star reviews and shared them with our entire staff so that they can see what people are commenting on and what they're saying and that what you're doing matters. You're tired right now, but what you're doing matters. And um, look at this great feedback because you've, you've got to um, keep the staff. I mean, that's that's a big part of it is keep the staff uh, engaged and happy and, and give them some breaks. You know, um, we, we try to uh, on game days, we come in an hour later and uh, uh, we always have a day off. Uh, after a homestand, you know, you got to keep people fresh and give them time, time to just breathe. Oh yes. No, no, no. That's exactly right. And then I really like the way that you positively reinforce the behaviors that you want to encourage, right? Cause it shows up on Google. It's a, a good friend of mine is a guy called Simon Mab, who's the CEO of Booking Protect. And he like transformed the way that they do customer service. And one of the key things was exactly that, where it was like, he would show the staff 
all the time. Like these are the reviews we're getting. And, you know, these five-star things, these little touches, these little bitty things mean so much to people. And by the same token, those little touches and those, those emphasis mean so much to the staff. And it's so easy because it can become thankless. I mean, it's like a real grind. Baseball season is tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, I mean, everybody's going to get complaints, right? So we get complaint emails, too, and um, and complaint uh, on social media. And sometimes those people are the most vocal. Um, and But it is a minority, and it is a... Um, a small contingent, but it, so it's important to not let those get you down and, uh, you know, realize and share all the good stuff that we do, um, with each other for sure. Yeah. Now I don't want, I, I, I want to thank you for the time and I don't want to keep you too long. So where can I point people to find out more about you? Um, about me personally? Yeah. Uh, about well, you. I, Um, anyone can email me if anybody has any questions Uh, my email is really easy it's laura at rrexpress l-a-u-r-a at rrexpress.com I do have a a little bio on our uh, rrexpress.com website under um, our staff we are kind of reworking our our website right now so it's not the easiest thing to find just this second Um, but yeah so uh, thanks so much for having me this this has been great and, and fun to talk about what we do in minor league baseball. Yeah, no, it was really great. I was, you know, it's, you know, I, I really do enjoy these things. These things are so awesome. So um, I really appreciate them. Hopefully I'll be able to have you back again soon. That'd be great. Thanks once again for listening to the business of fun podcast. I want to thank today's guest, Laura Fergoso for taking the time out of her schedule to talk to me and to talk to you. I'd also like to thank our sponsors booking protect, the worldwide leader in refund protection. You can find out more about them at bookingprotect.com. As always, you can find me on the internet in all sorts of places. On my website, that's www.davewakeman.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's at davidwakeman.com. Or at davidwakeman, forget the .com. You can also email me with any thoughts, questions, concerns, ideas, whatever. That's dave at davewakeman.com. Also, if you like what I'm doing with the podcast, I would love it if you'd subscribe. Click on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, and if you are so inclined, would you please leave a rating? It means a lot to me, and it helps me continue to grow the podcast and do it. Until next time, thank you for listening. I'll see you soon.